0: Jonathan Green joins me now, I think, from the airport in Palmerston North. Hey, JG, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, blooming good is correct. He, he's creating the Roman Empire,
0: I think. Yeah. Oh, early, early <laughs> sh- shots uh, fired, shots fired early. get up early, you, know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't catch me. When you, no, great you, weekend. Great weekend. Th- 13 years, You. I think we're year 13 for you now calling this series, right? Yeah. So yep, have, you, have you ever seen anyone have a start like this?
1: No. Uh, Landon Norris. That's about the only one who, who who came here, and we knew immediately that that you know he or he'd ha- he'd have to drop the ball to lose it. And I think that's where Roman is at the moment. He, he you know he he's on top of it, uh, consistent, uh, fast. You know, I mean, he's just he's not making mistakes, and the mistakes that are happening are not under his control, if, if you know what I mean. There's there's always problems in five weeks and you know, you've seen it as I've seen it over the years, you're gonna drop a race or two, not by your own fault, and it's a matter of being consistently, uh, consistent for the others.
0: Well, you mentioned Lando Norris, because we know this, we were celebrating the 300th race of the Toyota Racing yep. Series, which of course, Roman Bilinski won. Roman won, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing, you've just mentioned Lando Norris, so if you mention Lando Norris, can, can you say potentially Bilinski goes the same way?
1: Uh, there's no reason why not. He's young. Um, he's in a good team. He's already in Freca, um, and uh, he's got the experience there. He's going back, and think about how sharp he'll be. And that's the, you know, that's the secret source of this championship is that you do five weeks here, and you are streets ahead of anybody on a simulator, or, uh, you know, anybody who's who's been training, because you're race sharp. You know, you've been racing. He's done. He'll have done three and a half thousand kilometers when he gets there. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to blitz it, but he's going to be in a good position.
0: Are you surprised that the young Americans who have come out? Uh, we've got uh, Patrick Woods Toth, the Canadian, who is the F uh, four American champion, and the and and the like haven't really got going.
1: No, not really, um, because they're all they're all wet behind the ears. These guys came out to learn; they didn't come out to win. You'll see Jacob Abel arriving here, and he will give Roman a run for his money. And in fact, I'm looking forward to that uh, tussle because, of course, Jacob Abel uh, is 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 on, on the money. He's indie liked and he's been going for an America for a while, and he was great last year. So we'll see, you know, the last two rounds are going to be t- touch-and-go because the table will make a thing. The other Americans are just starting out. They've just moved up to FR, like Titus Sherlock and Landon, uh, Matriano Lim. They've, they're all just making the step up. So if you say that to me next year, for example, Ryan Sheehan was, what, 10th last year hmm. and then was runner-up to Callum Edge or third, third overall, Sorry, runner-up to Callum Hedge in FR in America. So he improved dramatically and beat Callum, you know, on, on several occasions. So you know, which is a lot different than he where he was last year.
0: Jonathan, what's changed in the American open wheel system that suddenly it's cool to race?
1: Gary Orton, <laughs> No, Kiwi Motorsport are the most successful team in um, in America at the moment, and he is bringing through young Mexicans, young Brazilians, young uh, Americans. And I do think that the Formula One interest with the FIA has sparked a lot of interest in that side of not just thinking of Indy, um, but actually thinking there's a whole world out there, Jack Crawford's proving it, you know, Manuel Correa. There's so many young Americans now um, all making it on the international scene. And I think this is their realization that the possibility of 18 super license points is, you know, is the way to go.
0: Explain the super license points to those that don't understand well, the, the, need, the reality.
1: Yeah. So if you want to be a Formula One driver, you need plus 40 points. Right. And... Uh, Basically, if you win this championship, you're halfway there. Uh, And in fact, if you've already picked up points and it it gathers over a couple of years, you could be in a position with... Like, let's say Roman, right if he could win the championship and then go well and get more super license points, he could be up to you know maybe 30 points or something, and then the teams will start looking at him because he's then on the edge of getting that super license points and that might mean a test, it might mean a reserve driver, it might mean anything. the opportunity starts to create itself once you start gaining those points.
0: Yeah, but the question still remains uh, are teams looking at this championship and going, actually it's, it's the super are they, are they cheap super license points?
1: Yes, they are. And I tell you, Michael Andretti is looking at this championship because one of his drivers is coming down. Uh, and I know that Ganassi are looking at this championship. Uh, now, OK, those are two uh, you know, IndyCar teams, and Seth Andretti might not be. Yeah. So, yes, he'll be keeping a wary eye on the young Americans coming up and any international drivers. It's not a case of they have to be Americans.
0: We all know that... Formula racing, you know, open wheel racing can be expensive. Is Formula Regional and Formula 4 in America more accessible now than it's ever been? Yes. Uh, I
1: think if you compare it to the costs in Europe and living in Europe, the American cost is cheaper and I think that's another plus. Uh, the guy who runs the series, Tony Perella, has set it up that way. We've got a new car in F4 next year um, but he's managed to, because he has a, a, a large, he has Trans Am, he has historic racing and that kind of bankrolls a lot of the you know a lot of the stuff that you would need if you were just on your own doing f4 and f3 so he puts it into a big weekend of racing which you know everybody therefore benefits and, and it's not as expensive and like the toyota racing series they provide tires for one one manufacturer all the engines are sealed you know the, the, the chassis and the parts are all ready to go. So, yes, it's a lot more accessible than perhaps trying to do it on your own in the Italian F4 Championship.
0: There. You're a bit like the man on the ground in Austin, Texas. You know the feel and the vibe of what Americans think about motorsport, and, and you, you're close to Kosher and the whole nine lads. Do you, do you, are you nervous that the gloss might come off uh, the three Formula One races in America if the competitive nature of it isn't stronger?
1: it's bound to you know you, the, the gloss of vegas is bound to wear off i mean over two years you can't get excited every year and how many big stars can you bring out so yeah of course but you know look at austin it had four hundred thousand people there so the gloss haven't gone off in 12 years in austin and now we've got three races and i think miami will improve all boats rise you know so i, I think i think we will ride this way for a while but the more important thing and you only need to look at williams american hat american uh, zach brown's McLaren potentially American, um, you know, Formula 1 and, of course, the team, the, the ownership is American. So, I, no, I don't, I don't that gloss is going to be rebuilt uh, uh, year after year. And I think it will include Canada and South America as it grows.
0: There, so, are, there are many, many stories, many, many columns about Formula 1 and the future of Haas. You know, and a lot of these people, yeah. you wonder where they're getting their information from. You are on the deck. Does Haas survive? Does he sell to Andretti, or is that just, is that just what they call paper talk?
1: Um, I think it's an option, um, but he has come out in the press and said he doesn't want to sell. And if I know Gene Haas, you know, he doesn't like failure, and he's got his name on the side of the car. So um, I think this is a, a change of direction for him And uh, with Gunter leaving. But I do think he's in for the, for the, you know, for the next Concord agreement. It was a big decision five years ago when, you know, when he signed up, because we knew he was in for five years. And in those five years, they've gone backwards, and I think that's part of the reason they got rid of Gunter. Not that he's a bad guy; it's just that he—it's just like an American philosophy of, "All right, team's not winning, fire the head coach," you know. Um, so I think that's a little bit of what he's doing, and he's a very successful NASCAR owner. It's not like he's new to racing, so he'll sort it out, um, and and I think um, they'll go for a transition, uh, and we are going through a transition in Formula One. So let's let's judge that at twenty six, but. Is the option to sell to Andretti? Hell yeah.
0: Would Andretti be a success?
1: Yes, big time. I get annoyed with Formula One, especially Toto Wolf saying that Andretti's done very well in America, but he, you know, he couldn't do well on, on a global thing. Well, let me just throw Formula E, Formula Extreme, uh, V8 Supercars at him and say that's where Andretti is. So, Toto. Get back
0: in your box. You, you must sometimes <laughs> wonder, because Andretti spent a lot of money on a brand-new system, a, a brand-new headquarters, a global headquarters, I think, if they refer to it, that yeah. he, he must yeah. know these. He, he's close to getting the tick. It's just the owners being a player. Oh, plan. yeah, yeah.
1: And by the way, he didn't pay for it. I mean, he's got sponsors, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> Smart man. he you know, he, he, he He's getting, he's getting, you know, he's getting it paid for. He's a very good businessman. I work with his cousin Adam in Trans Am, and I get to know a little bit of intel. And he tells me Michael is a very, very good businessman. And uh, he, he, I can assure you that they'll be there. I'm sure. Hey, listen, stop asking me questions. I've got a surprise for you.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. What's the surprise? Uh, what do you mean?
1: Okay. You keep talking about this Roman Volinsky. Do You want to meet him?
0: Oh, have you got Balinsky beside you? Right here. Right yeah, now, hand, hand the phone. Nah, just hand the bloody phone over. All well, right. well, he did. He. I asked him to do the interview, and he said, "No, I'm. I'm really going to be on a plane." Hello. Hey, Roman, how are you, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very good. Oh, how are you doing? You know who it is, right? The guy that sticks the microphone up your nose after you after you keep winning.
2: <laughs> no it's okay it's okay
0: i uh, uh, so thanks for turning me down i appreciate that and now you've turned up so i'm i'm, I'm even uh, more appreciative how are you feeling after yes the, the weekend very strong weekend
2: yeah i mean uh i feel absolutely incredible to be honest uh what a weekend to win the 300 grand prix and also the trophy race uh, in the end so uh no, an absolute great feeling and uh, a huge thank you to the team.
0: Roman, I've got to ask you this question. You don't sound Polish.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I, I had a lot of my growing up in England, so maybe that's why. Ah, uh, uh, yes. No, um, now I'm trying to really focus on my Polish and things like this. And uh, no, it's, uh, I'm definitely trying to get a bit closer to Poland. Um, as I've got a lot of family out there. So uh, that should be
0: very nice. OK, but we'll just stick to English right now and talk about where we where, where you think your career trajectory is going. Where After this series, no matter how it turns out, what's next on the table for Roman Belinsky?
2: Well, I mean, uh, I'm already signed for Frecker, so the European Championship for this year with Trident. And then after that, I mean, obviously I'd like to... Uh, go to Formula 3, depending on sponsorship and things like this. And um, from there, um, we're going to have to see with super license points and everything like that uh, what the best option is. But, of course, uh, my main goal is to be a Formula 1 world champion. But uh, there's a lot of learning and a lot of time before then.
0: How did you get into motor racing?
2: Um, so I started in karting, but actually very late. I uh, started when I was 12, and... Um, my father was always into motorsport. My mum actually worked in Formula One um, and she worked uh, with Ayrton Senna and uh, Rothman Williams uh, at the time back then. She also worked in the super bikes. So uh, I got a bit of an interest from that. But uh, as soon as I drove a go-kart, I knew this was for me.
0: Did you, did you feel at that stage you, were, you might be a natural at it?
2: <laughs> I I don't know um but uh I had a few good comments and uh a bit of practice and you now i very fortunate to have a opportunity and now I'm in a very good place so uh I guess it paid off quite well.
0: I asked you yesterday did you think it would be going this well so early have you have you thought about the question again and and sat down after the weekend and gone actually I I feel good I feel really confident
2: I I for sure, I feel confident, but I don't want to be too confident. Um, like There's some very good drivers that are in the championship now, and there's some more that are going to be coming into the championship. I think it helps in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, for sure, I don't want to be overconfident, but uh, it does help. I've had a very good uh, two weeks, but I still need to push, and let's see what happens.
0: How are you finding the challenge of learning new tracks for the first time? And, you know, first time you're out there, and going, oh, okay, and then delivering
2: yeah it's uh it's difficult because um especially the guys that are from here they have so much knowledge of the tracks even knowing where the small bumps are you know makes a huge difference to the car so a lot of learning happens on thursday and friday but uh, I'm working so hard with the team to make sure I know as much as possible when it comes to qualifying.
0: Your engineer, Victor, you seem to have uh, got a very quick relationship going there. How much of a help is he?
2: Yeah, it's absolutely huge. I mean, Victor's great. He works so hard. He can be pretty hard on me sometimes um, but. I think that that's a good thing, but <laughs> no, um, the whole team at M2 has done a great job. They've got a great car, and you uh, know it's good that they they really push us. And also, my teammates, you know, they're very fast, so it's good that we all push each other to new levels.
0: Well, you've got a lovely uh, track at Hampton Downs in Auckland uh, this, or just out of Auckland this weekend. It's a it's a long, sweeping track with some challenging corners. So we look forward to seeing you there, mate. Thank you very
2: much. Thank you.
0: Don't hang the phone up. Give it back to Jonathan.
2: I won't. He's here. He's here. Hey, you go. World exclusive.
0: What do you want? Uh, <laughs> what do you want? Uh, the one it's thing. A, the one. The one thing. You that, dried out yet? Yeah. No. Oh gosh. Yeah. I tried. I changed. Changed at Palmerston North Airport after being sloshed at, at Manfield. Hey. Uh, one thing people really have no understanding of is who's Jonathan Green. Where did Jonathan Green? Where did Jonathan Green start? Where does that whole commentary thing start?
1: Ah, good question. Well, actually, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm the post-child of my university because I, I did broadcast journalism at college, and I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it. So, yes, uh, I started off that. But my, my motor racing connection, I often get asked if I've ever raced, and the truth is, no, never raced. But I had a very famous uh, godfather stroke uh, dad's best friend, uh, dad's best man at his wedding, and a guy called Brian Redmond, a three-time uh, winner of the Formula 5000, Daytona winner, um, you know, Mila Amelia winner and multiple fourteen times at Le Mans, so a hell of a racing driver in his own time. So that's how I grew up, was following his career.
0: And then, 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 then the bug got. And you he raced bro- here
1: actually. He raced in the Tasman series too.
0: Oh gosh, did you? When did the broadcast bug hit you though?
1: Ah, well, I, that's what I say. I studied uh, broadcast journalism uh, and then literally got went back to England. I was I was studying it uh, here in the states and then went back to England and got a job in ITV on the smallest uh television uh, station in England on the Channel Islands in Jersey. So I was chasing <laughs> cats and dogs up trees for, for my first year.
0: <laughs> what, ch- but poodle racing, calling poodle racing or something like that?
1: But, but, but to answer your question, I was, then the, the year after, I was working as a news reporter covering sport, and I was sat in the newsroom and somebody said, oh, God, motor racing, will somebody go and interview Nigel Mansell? Uh, uh, he's quick, and he's at Silverstone. <laughs> All the other reporters went, oh, no, no, no. So, of course, I leapt up and um, didn't get Nigel, but managed to get an interview with Sterling Moss. So from there on in, that, that was it. I got my first interview with Sterling Moss. Not bad.
0: I was, I was talking to a youngster yesterday and said, my first memory of superbikes was hearing you call superbikes, world superbikes.
1: Yeah, that was it. I did 15 years of world superbikes. Yeah, uh, and it was great. I did MotoGP as well. But the superbikes is what I went on the road uh, with uh, my co-commentator, and we did every round for 15 years.
0: Yeah. Where do you think superbikes is now? Do you think its popularity yeah. is closer, and I say closer to MotoGP?
1: Um, it's a tough one. Though. That's a really good question. I think MotoGP will always remain the sort of Formula One to like mm. to be in the Formula Two, um, and there is uh, more crossover than there used to be. Uh, but I think the heady days of Carl Fogarty and Anthony Gobert, sadly we've lost him recently, uh, and Troy Corsa are over. And while Johnny Ray's flying the flag, the young Irishman, I do think that, that so I, I think it's to do, because if you think about it, it's like touring cars. It's a bit, if you think about the history of V8s now in, in Australia, it can't last forever because, you know, they're just not making big muscle cars anymore. It's not, it's not the go. And the same is true of, you know, high CC superbikes because they're not as popular as they were because, um, you know, people are going towards electric and to, uh, away from it. So I, I think that the, the heady days of world superbikes in the '90s may maybe you know may not come back, uh, which is sad to say. But um, I still think it's a great sport, uh, and I still think it'll be up there for at least another 10, 20 years.
0: Do you see the sustainable future for motorsport? A sustainable future with fossil fuels and things like that, or and and how much pressure is motorsport coming under?
1: I think a lot of pressure, uh, but. I think both the oil companies and motor racing has taken, you know, has realized it ahead of time, Formula One, and look what we're doing with the fossil fuels here. Um, And I think that's a smart move because obviously you lose the relationship with the car owners if you don't go down the hybrid stroke electric road. Um, but I always say, and this is when we get into arguments in the pub, if I've had a few drinks, I always say, we're still racing horses, aren't we? <laughs> and, and I do think that. <laughs> but it's true, yeah. We, it might be a bit of an enigma, but the idea of going to Brown Patch and watching a bunch of guys zoom round in, in some really fast cars, yeah. I don't think will change. I, don't, I really don't. Um, and, and, and I don't care what the power unit is. Um, I don't want it to sound like a chalkboard or Formula E. Sorry, Formula E. Um, but, um, you know, I do, I do think that the combustion engines will not go away uh, and that the Garagusters, as Mr. Ferrari used to call us, will continue because that's what we love to do.
0: All right, mate, I appreciate your time as always. Travel safe and behave.
1: Me, behave. I'll try to stay away from water.